Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Gardener. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. I started this week with a technology failure and I have now recorded this episode twice. So I'm hopeful third time is a charm and apologies for being late this week. I absolutely love this time of year. Not so much the pollen levels which sets my sinuses off but the temperatures not yet too hot that you're sweating like crazy during the day and the night temperatures are still cool enough that you can actually get some sleep. And in the garden the brassica harvest continues to still be successful being uh, currently one step ahead of the white butterfly although I am pushing my luck with my cabbages that are nearly ready to harvest and for the last weeks I as you know I've been struggling with a few injuries but I'm slowly getting over them and I'm finding creative ways to get the gardening done while still pushing my body to its limits. I had also been looking forward to spending a few weeks at home expanding my own business but the universe had other ideas and basically I ended up being swept into another nine to five corporate job of doing basically the same job as what I was doing previously. However, this time it looks like I actually have a potential career progression possibility. I think I finally found a company that actually cares for their staff and I'm looking forward to further seeing where it takes me. I'm still very determined to continue with my plans to expand the messed up gardener. I had a question some time ago from a listener regarding acid-loving plants, more of note around hydrangeas, and which I will summarize later in the episode for you and over time I had a few more questions thrown my way so I figured why not do a full episode. So let's dive in and see what makes acid loving plants so special. Acid loving plants are a unique group of plants that thrive in soil with a pH level of less than 7. These plants have special adaptations that allow them to absorb nutrients more efficiently from acid soils. One of the primary adaptations is their ability to produce more root hairs, which increases the surface area of the roots and allows them to extract more nutrients from the soil. Additionally, acid-loving plants have evolved to secrete organic acids into the soil, which helps them dissolve minerals and make them more available to the plant's roots. Another characteristic of acid-loving plants is their ability to tolerate high levels of aluminium in the soil. So aluminium is toxic to most plants, but these acid-loving plants have developed mechanisms to detoxify it and use it for their own benefit. This tolerance to aluminium is a unique adaptation that sets these plants apart from others. So some examples of acid-loving plants include rhododendrons, azaleas, blueberries and conifers such as pine and spruce trees. These plants are often used in landscaping and gardening because of their very much unique beauty and the ability to thrive in specific soil conditions. So as a gardener it's important to regularly test the pH level of your soil. Soil pH is a measure of how acidic or alkaline your soil is and it can have a significant effect on the health and growth of your plants. Fortunately there are several ways to test the pH of your soil. One common method is to use a pH testing kit which can be purchased at most garden centres or online retailers. These kits typically include a small tube or vial, a testing solution and a colour chart. To use the kit you simply mix a small amount sample of your soil with 
the testing solution and compare the resulting colour to the chart to determine the pH level. Another option is to use a pH meter, which is a specialised tool that can measure the pH of your soil directly. These meters can be more expensive than testing kits, but they offer greater accuracy and precision. Finally, you can also send a sample of your soil to a professional testing lab, which can provide a detailed analysis of its pH level, as well as other important factors like nutrient content and soil composition. By regularly testing the pH of your soil, you can ensure that your plants are getting the right nutrients and growing in the best possible conditions. So how do you lower the pH of your soil? Well, you can lower the pH level of your soil by adding organic matter such as peat moss, compost or pine needles. Sulfur or aluminium sulfate can also be added to the soil to make it more acidic. So when you're doing that, you've got to take into account what the ideal pH level is for acid-loving plants. And the ideal level pH for most acid-loving plants sits between 4.5 and 5.5. So another question I've had proposed in the past is, can you grow acid-loving plants in containers? And yes, a gardener can definitely grow acid-loving plants in containers. In fact, container gardening is a great way to grow these types of plants since it allows for more control over the soil pH and drainage. To start, you will obviously want to choose a container that's the appropriate size for the plant you want to grow. Make sure the container has drainage holes, obviously, to prevent water from accumulating that may or may not cause root rot. Next, choose a potting mix that is specifically designed for acid-loving plants. You can get this normally from garden centres and it will have specific labels on the potting mix to say exactly that for lover, you know, acid loving plants or make your own by campaign, combining peat moss, perlite and vermiculite. I will give you a method to make your own acid compost later in this episode. When planting your acid-loving plants, be sure to use the appropriate planting depth and space for the specific plant you're growing. After planting, water the plant thoroughly and keep the soil moist, but obviously not waterlogged. In terms of special treatments, acid-loving plants may benefit from the occasional applications of fertilizers specifically formulated for these types of plants. Additionally, you may need to, again, adjust the pH of the soil periodically using a soil acidifier. It is important to follow instructions on any fertilizer or soil amendment carefully to avoid over fertilizing or over acidifying the soil which can of course harm the plant and how often should you water acid loving plants so acid loving plants prefer moist soil but not waterlogged and obviously water them regularly but again be careful not to overwater. Now, when should you fertilize acid-loving plants? So fertilize acid-loving plants in the spring and summer using a fertilizer specifically designed for acid-loving plants. In New Zealand, there is a really lovely Osmocote that you can buy off the shop, shop shelf for either a shorter term or a long, long-term releasing fertilizer. Just again, be aware if you're planting in containers or open ground and definitely read the instructions. Now, this one is a little bit of a simple one, and obviously you can use it for all your plants, but it's how do you protect your acid-loving plants in winter? So, like anything, you cover your acid-loving plants with burlap or other protective coverings like frost cloth to protect from winter winds and frost. Some of the acid-loving plants, like your azaleas and your vireas, can be quite sensitive to strong winds and your 
lower temperatures so they will require a little bit of extra love how do you prune your acid loving plants so prune your acid loving plants after they've finished blooming to maintain their shape and promote new growth Again, make sure that your pruning equipment is nice and sharp and clean. And if you're disposing of the prunings and you don't want them in a neutral compost, then put them into your acid-loving compost. Can I plant acid-loving plants near other plants? If you're a gardener who wants to grow a variety of plants, including both acid-loving and alkaline-loving ones, you might be wondering how to achieve this without negatively impacting either group. Fortunately, there are several ways to accomplish this. One Option is to create separate planting areas for different types of plants. This could involve using raised beds or containers to keep the soil separate. Acid-loving plants such as rhododendrons and blueberries can be grown in a bed that is filled with acid soil or more acidic soil, while alkaline-loving plants such as your lavender and yarrow can be grown in a separate bed with alkaline soil. Another option is to amend the soil to make it more acidic or alkaline in specific areas. This can be done by adding materials such as pine needles or coffee grounds to lower the pH for acid-loving plants, or adding lime or wood ash to raise the pH for uh, alkaline-loving plants. It is important to choose plants that are well-suited to soil conditions in your garden. There are many acid-loving plants that can thrive in alkaline soil as well with a little bit of extra care such as camellias and azaleas. Similarly, there are alkaline-loving plants that can tolerate slightly more acidic soils like roses and carnations. I have my blueberries planted in containers within my vegetable garden so that I can still grow alkaline vegetables well, alkaline-loving vegetables, and keeping my blueberries in the containers with the acid soils. And I can also move the blueberries around in winter if I need to protect them more. So again, plan your gardens out to accommodate. So again, by choosing these methods, choosing the right plants, you can create a diverse and thriving garden that includes both acid-loving and alkaline-loving plants, which is what I've done at home. There are many acid-loving plants that can thrive in your garden, again, with the right care. So here are a couple of the common examples and some tips on how you can grow them. Azaleas, these beautiful shrubs are known for their colour blooms in shades of pink, red and white. They prefer well-draining soil that is rich in organic matter and acidic with a pH between 4.5 and 6. Azaleas like to be watered regularly but not too much because they do suffer from uh, root rot if you overwater them. And mulching around the base of the plant can help to retain that moisture. Now blueberries, as I mentioned, these tasty fruits are a favorite of mine and obviously the wildlife like birds also like the blueberries when they're flowering oh sorry when they're fruiting blueberries prefer soil that is well draining and with a more acidic twist with a ph between 4.5 and 5.5 they need plenty of sun and water but again be careful not to overwatering overwater them mulching around the base of the plant definitely helps to retain that moisture. So camellias, these are often used as shelterbouts, especially here in New Zealand. These evergreen shrubs are prized for their beautiful flowers in shades of pink, red and white. They prefer well-draining soil that is again rich in organic matter and with an acidic twist with a pH between 5.0 and 6.5. Camellias like to be watered regularly, but again, 
not too much. So mulching around the base of the plant can again help to retain that moisture. If you've got a camellia shelter belt, I highly recommend that you put a little drip irrigation system with them so that you can kind of regulate the amount of water they're getting and but not flooding them when you are hosing them to get them established. So it pays to spend a little bit of time working through that irrigation system. Now the other one is rhododendrons. These stunning shrubs are known for their showy blooms in shades of pink, purple and white. They prefer well-draining soil that is rich in organic matter and again more acidic with a pH of 4.5 to 6. Rhododendrons like to be watered regularly but not too much same as the others and again mulching around that base of plant can help the retain moisture so bees actually um they rhododendrons if bees if you have a large crop of rhododendrons and bees visit them then they can actually be quite toxic to the bees uh and the honey so just be mindful when you've got right heaps and heaps of rotos in your garden and you're managing bees. So gardenias, these fragrant shrubs are prized for their beautiful white flowers and sweet scent. They prefer well-draining soil that is rich in organic matter and acidic with a pH of 5.0 and 6.5. Gardenias like to be watered regularly but do not you know, again, not too much, and again, mulching around the base can help plants retain that moisture. When planting acid-loving plants, it's important to amend the soil with organic matter, such as compost or peat moss, to increase acidity and improve drainage. Be sure to water these plants regularly, again, not too much, and avoid getting water on the leaves to prevent fungal growth. Fertilise with a special acid-loving plant food to provide nutrients that these plants need. With the right care, your acid-loving plants can thrive and add total beauty to your garden. If you're keen to increase the acidity naturally in your garden, then creating your own compost works a treat. Here's what I consider my version of what is the best methodology to create a compost for acid-loving plants. Composting is a great way to reduce waste while creating a nutrient-rich soil amendment for your garden. However, not all compost is created equal and some plants, again, as mentioned, have specific needs that must be considered if you want them to thrive. For acid-loving plants, the key is to create a compost that has a lower pH level. The best, sorry, the best methodology for creating compost for acid-loving plants involves using materials that are naturally acidic, such as pine needles, oak leaves, and coffee grounds. These materials can be mixed with other organic matter, such as vegetable scraps and grass clippings, to create that balanced compost, which is rich in nutrients. To start, gather obviously your compost ingredients and layer them in a compost bin or pile. Begin with a layer of twigs or other coarse materials to promote that airflow, then add a layer of brown materials such as leaves or shredded newspaper. Next, add a layer of green materials such as vegetable scraps or grass clippings. Finally, add a layer of acidic materials such as pine needles or coffee grounds. Repeat this layering process until your compost bin or pile is full. Be sure to keep the compost moist and turn it regularly to promote decomposition. Over the time, the materials will break down into a nutrient-rich compost that is perfect for acid-loving plants like blueberries, azaleas, and rhododendrons. In summary, to create a compost for acidic-loving plants, use materials that are naturally acidic, such as pine needles, oak leaves, and coffee grounds, and mix with other organic material to create a balanced compost. Keep the compost moist and turn it regularly to promote decomposition with a little bit of patience and care you can create a nutrients compost 
nutrient-rich compost that will help your acid-loving plants thrive. Okay, as promised at the start of the episode, what makes the hydrangea flower change colour and what do you use? The colour of the hydrangea flower is determined by the acidity of the soil in which it grows. The more acidic the soil, the bluer the flowers will be. On the other hand, the more alkaline the soil, the pinker the flowers will be. In order to change the colour of the flowers, you can adjust the pH of the soil by adding certain products. For example, if you want blue flowers, you add aluminium sulphate to the soil. If you want pink flowers, you can add lime. However, it's important to note that these changes can take time and may not be immediate. Additionally, it's important to follow the instructions on the product carefully as adding too much can harm the plant. I hope this particular episode on growing acid-loving plants was helpful. If you do have any gardening questions, please do reach out. I'm going to keep compiling a list and every now and again, I'll do an episode on a bunch of combined questions or chuck them in a quicker messy if I've got enough questions for the week. Every week, as I mention this, don't be shy and let me know if you need some private coaching. No matter what level from beginner to experience, reach out and let's chat. I have a few one-on-one gardening mentoring spots available. Sometimes it really is easier to accomplish a task or project having a gardening mentor and quickly or quietly sorry holding your you know holding you accountable to whatever tasks you set flick me a dm or email me and let's check to see how we can work together or if you've got any gardening questions again my contact details as always are in the show notes don't forget to email or dm me for any one of my gardening freebies and as always i say gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget have an incredibly abundant week and i will buzz you later bye Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email and let's connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one-on-one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden-related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arboriculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business. Let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container, having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses, including from startup to working on million-dollar open space management contracts for many years now. Let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business. If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Up podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.